tipped in the air and knocked away. KU's got to win it. Blah, big time two-hand slam by Hunter Dickinson. Kansas is the 2023 WNIT champions. This is the Jayhawker Podcast, presented by the University of Kansas Health System. And we're back. Another edition of the Jayhawker Podcast. I am Greg Gurley, along with Wayne Simeon, the Jayhawker Podcast, brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System, Black and Veatch, and Xfinity. Uh, Wayne asked me to put my hood on, headphones on the outside, just to kind of I don't really know why. What would you say? Hoodie mellow? Is what hoodie I, mellow. It's like you're in a mood right now, man. It's like you're in a mood, like part part hoodie mellow, part Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, I, I, I like it. And it just kind of, you know, signifies a mindset and a disposition late in February that a basketball player's got to tap into when they're making this big push to March. It's not for play. It's not for fun. We're not here for giggles. Like, we got it's time. It's time to get into it, and that's kind of what the hoodie's personifying right now. And I and I appreciate it. I like it. Well played. You know, a lot of people compared me to Carmelo Anthony, so I appreciate that. That now the public knows that we have very similar games. Okay. Okay. That's that's that, that's a stretch, but you're just gonna ignore my Obi Wan Kenobi reference. Who you do have a white beard like Obi Wan Kenobi. I am a Star Wars fan. Uh, you're probably not. Um, you, know, you, you, are, you are technically like a Jedi master, and I'm your kind of up and coming Padawan. Uh, if you want to, ex- you know, extend that analogy this is a out. A perfect time for the public <laughs> to hear Wayne Simeon do Chewbacca. Go. It's amazing. <laughs> It's not even May 4th, and you will be hearing that on May 4th. Believe you me. So good. You need to do that when you broadcast games when we hit a big three or something. Mm, maybe of, I'll, maybe I'll add it. Strong, wow, you just do that. Maybe I'll add it to, to Hunter Dickinson's hotkeys. Whenever he dunks it, I'm just going to give him the big Ooh. because, I believe you me, I, I feel he needs to dunk it a lot more. Um uh, as, as skilled as he is and as effective he has been. And maybe I'll throw in the Chewbacca alert anytime the big fella throws down. Let's go, big fella. People want to hear Chewbacca more. Come on. He, uh, he had a dunk on Saturday. Uh, you know, we'll go back a couple games later, but let's talk about most recent. Uh, you know, lost the game in Lubbock, had that Monday game, then not again until Saturday, both on the road. Didn't know what we were going to have from Kevin. Uh, just didn't really know what we were going to get out of really KJ, Dewan, and Hunter, who struggled mightily in Lubbock. And then that first half in Norman on Saturday didn't really answer a lot of questions. It almost made us question things more with like three minutes to go, the most crucial, one of the more crucial two or three minute stretches all season happened at about the three minute mark of the first half in Norman, Oklahoma. We're down 11. Nothing's going well. We look like, you know, we, we didn't have any rhythm. We didn't have any chemistry. And we kind of clamp down on defense and go on a 6-0 run to end the half. Get a couple stops, get a couple layups. Go in the locker room down five. Still pissed off that we're not shooting the ball well. We're, we're feeling sorry for ourselves because it was a yet another game on the road where the team we're playing 
shoots unbelievably well from a three-point line, and they're not typically a great three-point shooting team. We're like, when is this going to stop? Like, like West Virginia did it. Texas Tech did it. K-State did it. Everybody was well over their percentages, and it, we say it all the time, and our, our uh, rivals don't like us hearing it, but we, we get everybody's best shot, and they get sick of that term. But I think you can agree, Wayne, do we get everybody's best shot? Yeah, of course we should. Um, you know, been the top dog in the league for for quite some time, and uh, you know they they can argue it you know all they want, but you know it's interesting as you kind of survey different fan bases and, and home environments um, when we're not in town. And you know I watch the Big Twelve even when KU's not playing. Uh, you can see holes and 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 gaps and and unfilled seats in stadiums uh, around the Big 12 throughout the league, even on a Saturday. We're not even talking midweek games, but when when we pull up, uh, it's packed. It's the best environment. Uh, fans storm the court when they beat us um, regularly. And so to me, all those things are uh, affirming to that reality of getting uh, a team and a fan base's best shot. And I certainly don't think it's a stretch. And uh, but it was nice to be able to to get that road win uh, against uh, Oklahoma. I really think, as I, as I think about some of our our road performances, uh, the the first four minutes coming out of halftime seemed to be extremely crucial uh, for every single road game. Uh, you know, even when we were we were you know took on that three point barrage against Texas Tech, uh, we only were down what maybe twelve at halftime. Oh, um, maybe, maybe maybe less. I think it was less than ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, maybe less than ten. So as good as they were shooting, um, you know, we we were still within striking distance. Uh, but we came out and had a very sluggish and slow uh, first four minutes. I think we had two turnovers back to back. They scored right off those turnovers. Their fans were able to get right back into it, and then the door got slammed in our face. And I think that um, conversely to that, we were able to be more competitive coming out of halftime. Uh, against Oklahoma uh, and eventually get back uh, and steer in the ship ride. And, you know, it's funny. I think we went on maybe a four-minute stretch where we didn't score, uh, which we've seen that uh, pretty regularly uh, throughout uh, this season with this team. Uh, but that was a time where we hunkered down and, and we guarded and defended and, and, and rebounded well during that stretch also, and, and it kept us in the game and we were able to, to stretch things out. And so uh, I think that'll be something important as we're going forward uh, during – uh, this last run in these uh, five games leading up into the Big 12 tournament uh, isn't just, you know, how turned up we are. But, man, how are we going to start that first four minutes of the second half? Uh, and, and I really do think it it, it has a, a a confidence factor both for us and for our opponent. All right, confidence factor in terms of, hey, are we going to be able to close out? Are we going to be able to fight back and to take the lead? And then also a uh, confidence factor for the opponent. Uh, and their fans, particularly when they're when they're on the road, and hey, is it, man, are, are are we supposed to be in this game? You know, could, could we actually potentially win this game, or is the real Kansas going to show up? Well, I talk about it all the time in the broadcast. You know, last three minutes of the first half and the and the initial three or four minutes of the second half; those are huge. It's kind of like in football; the Chiefs love to defer so they can have the ball at the end of the half and then have it on back to back possessions. They try to score. It's kind of like a two for one. They try to score 
end of the half and it's easier said than done, but similar deal in basketball. And, and I thought the guy that really turned the tide for us was KJ only ended up with nine points, but his energy, I think got everybody going. Cause it was a sluggish half. Everything was going against us. They're making shots. We look like we've never played together. We they're honoring Billy Tubbs at halftime. It was sold out Lloyd Noble, which Lloyd Noble's an okay arena. It's not, it's not one of the better yeah. home environments on the road. You know, you obviously played there and it's, it's okay. It's just, it's just kind of blah, but it was pretty juiced on Saturday. It was pretty good. And, you know, it brought back a lot of former players to honor Billy Tubbs three or four years after his uh, passing. It was a cool deal. I watched it. They did a great job. And so we're like, all right, we got to, somebody's got to bring it. And KJ was the guy, in my opinion, uh, was just, defensively he was active we got a couple easy buckets off of steals we got some transition buckets after after misses and then kevin who had a bad shooting day a little rusty after taking two weeks off to repair that bone bruise he made a huge shot in the corner we went on a 6-0 run in like 25 seconds and just kind of broke oklahoma's back and we needed that win i mean it just the way things were going. I think our confidence level on the road, we had just laid an egg everywhere except Stillwater and Indiana. Uh, but in the league, it's only been Oklahoma State. And, and you know, you look back at that Indiana win now, and it's not as impressive because they are on the struggle bus. You know, you you want to go get wins, and then once you beat them, you want to see teams have good seasons. You, you know, I was actually recruit uh, recruiting, rooting for Kentucky last night. You know, because that, you, you know, you want the teams that you beat to play well. That only helps your all your rankings. And as we get closer to March, we, we always try to say we don't like to talk about polls and rankings in November and December. Well, now's a good time to talk about them. And, a, and a, getting a road win in Oklahoma helped tremendously. Oh, you, you're, not, you're not ready to hear uh, the, the narrative about quad one wins and hear that phrase and term uh, for – you know, the, the the first two weeks of March. What's the guy, uh, Joey Brackets, like every game you watch now, you know. Quad one, quad one. And you're like, it's February 20th, and they're already saying these are the first four out. Like, come on, dude, we got another month to go. Yeah, the the, the way too early polls uh, that, that, that come out around that. But, hey, it's exciting. It's one of the best sporting events uh, in all of sports, so I get why people want to talk about it early and, um, you know, that that win that we had there uh, against OU was important for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, but well, even think about what we, we know. Play in the state of Oklahoma, hopefully the NCAA tournaments in Oklahoma. Four of our wins this year are against Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Yeah, so we got a nice little track record there, and nice road wins there uh, as well. But I'm not I'm not quite sure we're yeah. going to uh, to get that that type of uh, accommodation. I'm what you might call very good at hide and seek. This one time. My parents had to round up the whole neighborhood to track me down. It was a mess. A lot of tears. Well, now that we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, including all my favorite super secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my shows and- Ha! Found ya. The heck? How? You left to find my tablet on. This generation, ruining the game with their performance enhancers. Get wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network for a reliable connection throughout your home. 
Now through March 21st, new customers can get started with 200 megabit internet for $25 a month for two years with no annual contract and get Wi-Fi equipment included. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Requires paperless plan auto pay with stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply to internet service and Wi-Fi equipment. Actual speeds vary. Xfinity 10G network brings improved speed, security, reliability, and latency. Xfinity 10 gigabit service tier subject to permitting and construction requirements. So as we, you know, we talk about Kevin McCullough and, you know, he had that the game in Manhattan, I think that's the last time we talked where we lost to K-State and that's when he developed, you know, just said, Hey, I got to shut this down for a little bit on his bone bruise. And, and, uh, you know, it was an interesting scenario last week after our loss in Lubbock that he didn't play. Like we didn't play again until Saturday. It was Monday to Saturday. And my question was, does Kevin play against Oklahoma? We need him in a huge way to play, but we need him more in March. So does those 10 days help more than four days and then play at Oklahoma and then six days off before we play Texas? Obviously, he was good enough to go. We don't win at Oklahoma without Kevin, even with the, the poor shooting numbers. He just brings defensive presence, basketball IQ, uh, the ability to get to the rim, which is limited a little bit now because of the injury. But, man, he was a warrior. He came out there and, and, and again, on a rough day, made that big three in the corner that, that really got us over the hump, got us that confidence, got us that momentum, and you win it going away. Yeah, well, I, I love him out there. I think he needs to be out there, um, you know, even though uh, he didn't have uh, quite maybe a, a big-time performance, uh, though it was a good enough performance to help us win, and I do think that he helped us win that game. Uh, and I liked him in that game uh, for, for for this reason, you know, up until uh, the the Texas Tech uh, loss, which I think was a lot of people are overreacting about that loss. Dude, historically, we have one of those right uh, here this time of year. Get hit in the mouth on the road. Uh, Lubbock's a tough place to play. It feels a little bit different because we're technically behind schedule uh, when it comes to. Uh, the conference race and the championship. And then you look at those losses like UCF, like K-State, uh, like at West Virginia, and it magnifies those way bigger uh, than what it is. But I like the two weeks off, rest them at Tech, play them at OU, and then now guess what? We enter into a bye week where there's pretty much almost another full week off until we get a chance to play Texas here uh, this Saturday in, in Allen Fieldhouse, which is a home game, which, you know, by the way, you know, uh, Believe you me, someone that was hurt a lot uh, during his career, uh, the, the the juice and the energy and the, and the fanfare and sleeping in your own bed and getting treatment in your own facility helps immensely when you're working through the bumps and bruises late in the season. And so I'm expecting uh, Kevin to, to, to work some of those cobwebs off uh, that we saw in Oklahoma uh, to be feeling as good as he has uh, the, the, this this last month. And to come out and give us a good performance, and you know another another reason why you got to keep him on the court is, man, you got to stay sharp. You know, I mean, it's 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 the difficulty of the balancing act between being rested but being sharp. And the and the hard thing is is that we rely so heavily on he and the starting five to be at their best, and we're going to need them even more as we're getting late, later into the season. Uh, that you got to make sure those guys stay sharp that the continuity is there, that the timing is there. All of those things matter uh, here as we draw late into the regular season. You know, and I'll say it, I know, because some of our coaches won't. Uh, the schedule I screwed Kansas this year. 
it it was it was one of those things where we had back to back weekends with a Saturday home game and a big Monday road game. You know, you had uh, uh, K State on that one Monday, then you come home beat Baylor, and then 12, 14, 18 hours later, we're on a plane to Lubbock, and supposedly back in the day, the unwritten rule or the written rule was if you were doing that Saturday, Monday, your game had to be earlier in the day on Saturday. But if you remember that Baylor game was five o'clock in the afternoon, we get a win where we struggled down the stretch, but we beat the 13th ranked team. You go home, you have something to eat, you go to bed. The next day you're waking up, you have practice at 10 o'clock and you're on a plane. And it's kind of like the NBA, but in college, Kansas gets uh, what's the best? Well, I'll say screwed a little bit because they want us on TV. They set the ESPN set the times. And so they wanted game day in Lawrence, five o'clock game, then big Monday. And, and, and you mentioned it. We have one of those games every once in a while. And that was the perfect recipe for the opposite of success because it was, we were tired. We, we, Won the game against Baylor, but not a great taste in our mouth at the end of it. Kevin wasn't playing, and Perfect Storm, Texas Tech, played out of their minds. I mean, a guy went 12 for 12. 12 for 12, and, and uh, you know, Grant McCaslin left his starters. They're up 20-something. The starters stayed in the game till the final minute. That guy was still – the 12 for 12 guy, Williams, was still shooting shots. So, but because of the unbalanced schedule, I don't want to sound like I'm bitching too much, but – we don't get Texas Tech back. That was a road game without a return. That's unbalanced schedule. But the the fresh yeah, same, same thing with Iowa State. You know, too. I think you can throw that in there. And obviously, as uh, as we're, we're watching the, the the top two teams ahead of us, we don't get that uh, game returned back in the field house as they have the tiebreaker. And I, I don't even think there's a guarantee that we get them back in the field house next year. I think that with the addition of so many teams, they're kind of trying to have to work out the scheduling matrix algorithm or whatever we're going to call it, uh, so to speak. But, um, but, you know, he- heavy is the head of the, you know, the crown that wears it. So it's, it's difficult, man. Like, you know, I don't expect it to be any, uh, any easier moving down the road because guess what? They want us to play Houston twice. They're going to want us to play Arizona twice. They're going to want us to play Baylor. They're going to want the great regional matchup and it's fine. I, I mean, those, heck, those are games that I want to see. Uh, those are the games that America wants to see. And is um, Hey, guess what? The Chiefs will have the toughest schedule in the NFL next year because they yeah, won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind and, of and, how it and, and one of the things that I appreciate about Coach Self, and he says this all the time, whether it's playing in the Big 12 or a non-con matchup against UConn uh, or the likes of other Blue Bloods, you come to Kansas to play in these type of games, right? You come to Kansas to be in the toughest conference and to win the toughest conference in all and, of college basketball. And they so, re- and they recruit to that. I guarantee you when he talked to Hunter last year, he said, hey, we're going to be in the Maui Classic. We're going to play Kentucky and Chicago. We're going to have uh, uh, Missouri at home. We're going to play at Indiana. Like you look at that non-conference schedule and then you see that the Big 12 is the toughest conference in the country. Okay, you, you want you want the exposure? You want to get to the league? You're not going to get any more exposure. You're going to play against the best. You're going to be on Big Monday. You're going to be on College Game Day. You're going to be in Champions Classic, so on, so on, and so on. So uh, kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth where I complain about it. I talked you into it. No, no, no. I talked you into feeling better about it. I'm going to go ahead and take credit. You you, you started out 
with that topic being the glass half full guy. And then I talked you into feeling better about it. So just so, give me credit, man. I'm going to give you a, a, a couple of one, uh, well, one real feel good story. So one of our really, really good friends, uh, Scott Pollard, teammate, brotherhood, teammate of mine, brother of yours. We all are. And, and he was going through a tough time and he's, he needed a new heart. And that ain't an easy thing to get when you're the size of Wayne Simeon or Scott Pollard or even my size. So your, your, your pool of candidates is not very big. And, uh, he was on that list and I had the, uh, the good fortune of being able to, in my schedule, get down to Nashville. He was at Vanderbilt hospital, got to spend some time with him. Amy and I went down there and we were actually there when he was told that there was a heart that, uh, he could possibly get if things all, a lot of, a lot of things have to happen and, uh, they all did. And long story short, uh, he got a new heart on Friday and a new lease on life. And we're all so happy for him and his family and his kids and anyone that had any interaction with Scott. It's a, it's a, an amazing medical procedure that uh, these hospitals do that just the, the amount of people, private plane, a helicopter and all this all these things have to come together for it to work. And they did. And, and then the one thing we can't lose uh, sight of is organ donation. And, you know, when you go to get your driver's license, you go to whatever, check the box because it saves so many lives, so many lives. And, 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 and a Kansas fan, Kentucky fan, whatever, it, it doesn't matter who it is. And, and it's uh, a massive part of this. He's very fortunate and we're so happy for him. Yeah, man, I'm so glad that you shared that story and and uh, hats off to you and Amy for making the effort uh, to go out there and uh, just to be with your friend and encourage him during that time in the hospital. Man, wow, how how incredible was that to actually be there uh, when he got the news? And he's, uh, he's looking at his phone and the transplant coordinator and you just see his eyes go like this. And he goes, I, I, they think they got one. And, you know, he said, don't, you know, don't get too excited because this happened four days ago and it didn't happen. So, but, you know, you're sitting in a hospital, he was in the ICU at Vanderbilt and, and this is like, this is going to save my life. It's crazy. Yeah, no, it was great. And, and, uh, Fran Fraschilla gave him a big shout out on, uh, the call, uh, that, uh, that afternoon. And then it was interesting Word got out and it spread pretty fast all the way to the Kansas city area because I was coaching one of my son's basketball teams and that there was a there was more of a buzz about scott getting a heart and the surgery being successful as there was uh, about us winning a road game which, <laughs> which i thought was really really awesome because it puts things into into real perspective but it's also really cool to see people uh within the jayhawk nation to see their care to see their concern and then to see them celebrate uh something uh that magnitude and i love what you said absolutely about um, being, I being, I have given some, some real consideration to being, being a donor. I know I've got that, uh, that check mark on my, uh, my driver's license and, and hopefully a lot of other people would consider that as well in light of this awesome narrative, uh, around, around Scott Pollard. His college roommate, another of our brothers, Jock Vaughn didn't have as good a news this week as he was let go by the Brooklyn Nets. I texted with Jock right after it. And I'm like, 
what do they want out of you? They give you the job. They trade Kevin Durant and James Harden, and then they fire you for not winning. I mean, it's it's a it's a joke. I am not now a Brooklyn Nets fan, but I tell you what, good for Jock that he got an extension last year. He's got four years of NBA head coach's money coming his way. I told him that me or Wayne Simeon will be calling him to give some of that money to Kansas Athletics, but Jock is uh, uh, such a highly respected coach in the league. Um, at one point was the highest paid assistant coach. And then he, so this is his second NBA job. And he's, he's been, I guess, I guess the word's unlucky. He gets the Orlando magic job, like the week after they traded away Dwight Howard and they sucked for two years. And then he gets the Brooklyn Nets job and they trade away everyone. And then he, I mean, it's, it's frustrating. That's why you have contracts. He'll get to enjoy his family. Maybe get back for a game or two, but one of the all-time Jayhawk greats that uh, I guess having a rough week. Yeah, no, and it's, it's just one of those things that that helps people to understand and realize, uh, you know, the the difficulty in the the harsh reality uh, that exists uh, in the NBA for players, coaches, general managers, all involved. Uh, winning is hard and difficult, and I know you and I have talked about it at length as it pertains to KU players playing in the NBA that timing and fit is of the utmost importance. And that's what can get you in the league. That's what can keep you in the league. Or if it goes awry, that's what keeps you out of the league or gets you kicked out of the league. Um, and so it's no different uh, for coaches, but but believe you me, um, you know, you and I know Jock, we know how well-respected he is across all basketball circles, uh, a, a consummate professional, uh, in every sense of the word and every stretch in the imagination. And he will certainly have uh, some incredible opportunities ahead of him if he chooses to stay uh, in, in any category of basketball and uh, has been some uh, someone who's who's gone on to not only have a, a fantastic career here and be an all-time favorite of, of, of mine growing up, but also to be able to continue to represent Kansas and Kansas basketball at the highest level. Well, and maybe, number one, he's got a great beard. The beard is amazing. Uh, but number two, maybe he tries front office stuff and then he could do the firing. You know, he's, he's like, I'm going to go to the, I'm going to go to the other side and I'm yeah, going to talk to, talk to Bill Newton, talk to Kevin Pritchard, RC Buford, all the, all those guys. We've got some great guys on the, on the front office and, side as well. And Jack's such a, a student of the game. That's why he's such a great coach. No doubt. He's a great talent evaluator and, and, and would be good at that. And who knows, maybe he tries, College, you know, that's there hasn't been, you know, that's an interesting topic. I think you and I were talking about it recently. Name me a really good college basketball player, like a superstar that became a good college coach. Now it happens in the NBA a lot with NBA head coaches, but name name me a college player, whether it's national player of the year or an all-American that became a really good coach at a high level. Um, I would put, I put Steve Alford in that category. Uh, he was a part of some really, really good Indiana teams. I think was he, he was, he was all America very, at the very least big 10. Oh, hundred percent great big player, hundred percent great player, but has he done it at an elite level coaching at an elite program or, or cause he's at Nevada now and they're having a good year, but he's been at Iowa and okay. But that, that's, that's not bad. 
It's solid. Like, um, you know, you look at Chris Mullen, Patrick Ewing, all these guys that are, you know, Jawan Howard right now is on the struggle bus. Uh, uh, yeah. Penny Hardaway looked like he was going to be the guy, and they've they've been struggling a lot, and they've mm-hmm. never really gotten over that. No. So, I don't know. It's an interesting topic. I maybe should have prepared you for this, but the Alford was a good call. No, it is. No, it is. I like it. I like it off the cuffs. Um, Billy Donovan was a really good college player, but I wouldn't call him a superstar. Yeah, Bill for sure wasn't a very good college player, but he's the best in the business right now. Yeah, but it is, you know, a couple of those guys that you mentioned did have a good kind of two, three year stint where there was, you know, some buzz and some optimism, you know, about him. Uh, I think Juwan Howard and Penny early, they were able to have a little bit of success and people think that, okay, maybe, you know, things could really take off here. And so that that might be might be worth considering for them. No, no. Like I always say, you're not wrong. But you're not 100 percent right. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully that'll. Before we get back happen. to basketball, we always give a, a football update. Driving by uh, David Booth Memorial Stadium, it's, it's if you're in Lawrence, drive over there. Drive over off on Mississippi or Alabama and take a look. I mean, we talk about how messy it gets to make progress. It's messy over there. I mean, it is. It's all gone, and there there's there's about a 150 foot crane there and a bunch of other. Uh, drilling piers, concrete piers in there. I mean, it is, it's, it is a lot going on. The Anderson family complex is gutted. You can see, you know, just framing of what they're going to do. That's going to completely transform into a much more uh, conducive environment, more modern, big auditorium overlooking the field, but progress is cool. And, and yeah, great opportunity. Hey, with the, with the early afternoon tip, on Saturday, man, I'd encourage folks to maybe come over 30 minutes early and just drive by the stadium and see all that. It's a spectacle with all the trucks and heavy construction and cranes and all that stuff moving, and it's moving along pretty fast. And so that was uh, a that I enjoyed it to move over pretty fast. I mean, they're they're going seven days a week because essentially 20 months from when it started to August of 2025, that's got to be up. And there's there's no there's no other option. It's, it's, it's like, uh, it's gotta be up. And so Turner construction and HNTV are doing a hell of a job and they are working not 24 seven, but, but pretty close. So well, we're stealing days in February. This, this nice little warm weather, man, we're stealing days. And so hopefully it gets the, degrees uh, outside. are you going to go play golf tomorrow? Uh, no, 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 no. I'll be, I'll be in here working. So that'd be great to, uh, to, to get out. I'm usually not in, not listen, in mode, that, listen, not mode quite yet. Do you think our bosses are watching this podcast? Oh, Wayne just said he's going to be working and Gurley's going to be playing golf. Is that why you, you said didn't that? say you were going to be playing golf? You asked me if I was going to be playing. But hey, but hey, speaking of golf, though, man, how about our men's golf team? How about Cecil Blyle racking up his second tournament win of the season with plenty more spring golf left, going six under, five under, six under in a tough competitive field in California? You man, said that. You said hey, that, that was a tough field stanford has always been we beat k-state there there was that that was a tough tough field and we we ended up shooting like 21 under as a team so Mm -hmm. shout out to jamie bermel and the guys and and i mean getting a winning a golf tournament you know you and i've had guys on before that have won i don't think people realize how difficult that is to he's now won two in a year and that's that's hard to do and and not only that but you couldn't want it to happen to a better kid. 
Yeah. I mean, to me, it was like such a breath of fresh air to see a kid who's the hardest worker, the most humble, the most bought in, the best team oriented player, great student. I mean, you know, came up the hard route from Minnesota, went to junior college, fought his way back up to a D1. I mean, like he checks all the boxes that actually kind of reinvigorates you about college athletics because, you know, much of the narratives and the storylines, you know, around the last, you know, six to 12 months, um, you know, has been, been you know, fairly uh, concerning and even maybe a little fear, a fear, fear driven uh, when it comes to, to college athletics. But when I saw the news and I was tracking it the last three days, when I saw the news yesterday that he finished it out, it was such a breath of fresh air because when he wins, college athletics wins when you hear a story like that. 100%. So great job, Rock Chalk. Another individual champ. Uh, football's rolling. You know, we, we, we've talked about how important it was to retain all of our coaches last year. Well, that hadn't been the case this year. We, you know, with our success comes people calling and a few of our assistants have left for different jobs. And so better. I mean, you know, not, not lateral moves, but you know, elevated, you know, and so you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta celebrate that as well. You know, it's, it's frustrating because we know how good we had it. Now we got to get new guys plugged in there and Lance and his staff are doing that. And and they're having to do it somewhat remotely out of their comfort zone from the Anderson complex. But, uh, I'm so excited, and I, I think since the last time we we did a live uh, podcast, we announced that two of our games are going to be at Sporting Park, and the other four home games will be at Arrowhead. A.K.A. So, Dynastyville, because the last time we had talked, Chiefs hadn't won a Super Bowl yet, and we are in – are you kidding me? A dynasty? We are in a dynasty era right now. It's two Kansas City guys. That's it. Come on, man. We're, I, we're living it up right now. I almost kind of – I didn't get mad at my daughters, but I was like, you guys have had it so good. As, <laughs> and I'm glad. I'm not like I'm not like mad at them, but national championship in 08. Royals in 14 and 15. You win the World Series in 15. Chiefs, three Super Bowls in five years. Jayhawks, 2022 National Championship. Those are their teams, my teams, your teams. And like when I was growing up, it was it was the Royals in 85 and Ducks in 88. And then nothing for, uh, I don't know, another 20 years. We lost Wayne. I don't think he liked that last comment. But uh, we'll see if we can get Big Dub back on the Jayhawker podcast brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. Xfinity and Black and Veach, great sponsors of this program. We're getting into the meat of the season when you really talk about finishing out strong, the Big 12, getting to the Big 12 tournament at the T-Mobile Center, which you know we talk all the time about how tough this conference is. Can you imagine how difficult, like whoever wins the Big 12 tournament this year is going to earn it. I mean, it, that thing starts on Tuesday now. Granted, we won't be there on Tuesday, but and hopefully we we are finish at a point where we're playing on Thursday. It'll be our first game, but I, I just Kansas City is going to be tough sledding because everyone's gonna uh, want a piece of everyone else. Who knows? You can't predict. But always love my time uh, down in the Power and Light T-Mobile President Hotel, all that stuff. So looking forward to that, and then we get into the more important tournament, 
which will be the NCAA tournament. And, you know, the first college basketball rankings came out. NCAA started doing that a few years ago, like the college football playoff did it. And last week they had us as the eighth seed. So the last number two seed, if the tournament were to start today, I'm not 100% sure why they do that so early because it doesn't really, I don't know if it really matters uh, now, but it does in three weeks. So we're the last number two seed, which would probably mean we'd be matched up with UConn, even though in the last week, Purdue and UConn have lost. Uh, so a lot to be excited about. Uh, Saturday, Texas in Allen Fieldhouse. Sunday, Kansas women take on Kansas State in the Dillon Sunflower Showdown, 1 o'clock in Allen Fieldhouse. Then back at it for the men, back-to-back home games. Tuesday against BYU. Then we head to Baylor Senior Night, K-State the following Tuesday, and then finish it up in Houston. We still have a chance to win the league. A lot has to happen, and we've got to, you know, do something we haven't been able to do consistently, and that's win on the road. Uh, but first things first, got to defend our home court, get into March, get into the Big 12 tournament, and then go to the almighty NCAA field of 68. So we lost Wayne, but Greg Gurley, Wayne Simeon, Jacker Podcast, brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System, Black and & Veatch, and Xfinity. We'll be with you next week to recap the Texas Longhorns game and BYU's first visit down Fieldhouse. Rock job. Thank you.